welcome to the Beware the Moon podcast. My name is Hannah, and I am the host of this podcast. Sorry for the different uh, sort of opening. I just got a new computer, so I've lost everything, uh, which, I mean, it's nice because it means I get to experiment, but it's also not nice because it means I get to experiment. So, bear with me. I'm going to try out some new openings, some new closings, uh, just some different things to see what I like, what I don't like, what works, what doesn't. And I'm also going to be playing around with my setup. So, bear with me on that. Thank you very much. Today, though, we are going to be talking about um, an Australian film called Talk To Me. Technically came out in 2020. I saw it this year uh, in 2023 because that's when it came to theaters in America. I think it made the circuit around certain film festivals uh, down in Australia. And A24 is involved somehow. I think they optioned the rights or something like that to bring it to the States, which, thank goodness... Uh, cause this movie, uh, fucking rocks. Um, I love this movie. Uh, I, I thought from the trailers it would look good, but I was like, maybe it's gonna be a letdown. It seems really different, really strange, and it is really different and really strange. Um, in this movie, there's a lot of Australian actors and actresses. I think the most notable one to me is Miranda Otto, who plays Sue, which is, uh, the best friend's mom. Uh, she was in Lord of the Rings as Eowyn, so, uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, this movie, this movie gave us something that I didn't know I needed to know, but Eowyn's swearing, so thank you, Australia, and thank you, talk to me. Um, other than that, I, the second top build on this list is, uh, and I'm gonna butcher this last name and I'm so sorry, it's Zoe Terekes, Terekes, Terekes. I tried. Um, Zoe played Haley in this movie, um, and Zoe in real life is trans male slash non-binary, and in the movie is playing Haley, who is non-binary, um, which, honestly, they don't use a lot of pronouns for Haley. They mostly just say Haley's name, which, thank goodness, because I think non-binary pronouns get really confusing really fast. Um, even just from a movie standpoint, storytelling standpoint, like, you just can't be doing that. Um, it, it, it just gets too confusing, and you lose your listeners, viewers, readers, whatever. Um, but Haley is actually one of my favorite characters in this movie, surprisingly. I think Haley's kind of complicated and very different and kind of swings the, the, the pendulum a bit. Um, definitely goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, but I really, really like this movie. It's got great acting. I love the dialogue. It's a very Australian film. Uh, like I said, we get to hear Eowyn swearing, which is a 15 out of 10 thing. Um, and that said, you know, Australians, I've been told, and from what I know, and from my friends from Australia, uh, what I've heard from them and <laughs> hear fr out of them uh, is a lot of swearing. Australians just swear. It's just part of their day-to-day. Uh, -to -day. Uh, in America, we kind of have, like, some some uh, social constructs around swearing where you, you really don't do it too much in public, um, unless you're maybe in Florida, uh, maybe California, I don't know, I've never been out that way, but um, yeah, so there's a lot of swearing in this movie, so beware of that, and if you're not a fan of the C word, um, this one would be a skip too, because that's a pretty common word over there, and it gets used in this film a couple of times, which I think is hilarious. Um, and aside from all of that, we have got some really gnarly dead people, really just, like, good dead people. Like, different, disgusting, 
very visceral. Love that. And I absolutely love the storyline. I think kind of what drew me to this movie was the the creepy hand being like uh, the spooky, the spook factor. Um, I thought that was really different and really strange and I wanted to know more about that. Um, and I'm glad I did. I would say for trigger warnings, uh, suicide. That's definitely a trigger warning. Um, if, that, if you're sensitive to that, this is a skip. Um, a big big issue in this movie is one of the characters' moms may or may not have committed suicide, so uh, that gets discussed a lot. So uh, this movie is also about loneliness, depression, loss, family. Um, so if those things are kind of touchy subjects, you know, you don't want a very depressing film and it doesn't end on a very high note. So if you are not interested in a movie like that doesn't end well, maybe uh, skip this one. But I loved it. I think it was great. Um, and that's my non-spoiler review. I would say check it out. I think it's definitely worth it. And I think it's a lot of fun. I've already seen it twice. Um, that's how much I liked the movie. And I wanted to go back and kind of look at different things and pinpoint certain plot points. So um, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. That's for damn sure. Um, so the movie starts, this is the spoiler section, by the way, which before actually we get started, I would say Mia, who is our main character, is the exact opposite of a final girl. Um, and I've never really seen a character that is just the exact opposite of a final girl that gets focused on, like, you know, because usually those people tend to be, uh, you know, body bulk, can't, you know, film fodder, uh, they're just, they're just there to up- the kill count, but, um, Mia, Mia is not up there to up the kill count. She's our main character, and she's the exact opposite of a final girl. Um, and I will explain more, uh, towards the end, hopefully, if I remember, but yeah. Um, cold open, there's this huge party going on, lots of music, everything's chaotic, this dude's looking for someone, and I thought at first he said Duncan, but his name is Duckett. Um, Never heard that one. It's a new one to me. Uh, so this guy's going around. He's like, where's Duckett? Where's Duckett? And they're all pointing him, you know, to different places. And he gets in the house. And Duckett's in a bedroom. Won't come out. So this guy, uh, we find out it's, he's Duckett's brother looking for him. And he kicks down this... He busts through this door. He uses his shoulder. Um, fun fact, don't do that. You use your foot. Um, fireman kick that bitch in and uh, you will save your shoulder a lot of pain. Just fun facts. He makes it into the room and Duckett does not look good. He's sitting there. He's got um, some kind of scratches on his back. I don't really know what that's about or what that's from. Duckett doesn't get explained too much um, in this film. But um, he grabs his brother and starts guiding him out of the party people start taking film because people are shitheads and that's just kind of what they do so they're taking film and they're you know the brother is like you know kind of trying to protect his brother you know Duckett's having a breakdown and everybody's just filming it like assholes so he's like turn off your cameras and while he's doing that he turns around and then he gets a big old knife in the belly and then everybody scatters Duckett walks outside, takes like two or three steps outside, and then just plunges the knife through his eyeball, and that's our cold open. Uh, and then we transition to Mia's story, and Mia, like I said, main character of this movie, for reals, um, and we're at her mom's funeral, but like not, um, 
I don't really know why they're having like a funeral party two years after mom's dead, but they are. And I don't, I, I'm very, very confused uh, by this. This is probably the biggest plot hole to me. And I don't know, maybe in Australia that's a thing where you have like funerals years later or like she calls it her remembrance day so maybe that has something to, I don't know it's a weird term to me weird thing I don't know but they're having this funeral type party where everyone is awkwardly standing around and sad um Mia is not having a great time here obviously she's listening to videos of her mom and her and at the end, she's doing dishes, and it's really obvious that her and her dad don't have a great relationship. It seems like he is trying to connect with her emotionally. He just doesn't really know how, and she really doesn't want to connect emotionally with him, uh, which is tough. Um, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people just, like, hold that against dads, that they're, like, emotionally awkward, and, like, guys, cut dads some slack, okay? Dads are trying. They're just trying, all right? They're not great at it, but they're trying. And she gets a call in the middle of this awkward conversation with her dad. And it is this kid, Riley, who is Jade's brother. And Jade is Mia's best friend. So Mia gets a call from her best friend's little brother. Everyone tracking? Cool. Because the first maybe 10 minutes that this was happening, I was very confused who these people were and how they connected with Mia. That's how they connect with Mia. So... Uh, Mia goes to get Riley, and it's clear that they have a good relationship, uh, and even Riley's best friend has, like, a good relationship with Jade, or Mia, so they're singing in the car and having a good time, and she stops because there's something in the road, and they get out, and it's a kangaroo, he's been hit, and he's, like, on the road crying and dying, and, uh, Riley's like, we should get him to the vet, and... Mia's like, that's not going to help him, Riley. Like, just look at him. And he's like, well, we should put him out of his misery. So Mia's about to hit the kangaroo with the car. And instead, she goes around. And he's like, we can't just leave it like that. And she says, another car will come. So RIP kangaroo. Hope you... I'm so sorry, little guy. Uh, back at jade and riley's home jade is on her phone and uh mia smacks her in the face of the pillow uh, and then riley smacks her in the face of the pillow because apparently she was supposed to go get riley and she never did uh mia is talking to jade and jade's kind of um i would say not present she's really like kind of focused on other things and Jay and Mia sees this you know so she kind of guilts Jade into a stop looking at her phone and b going into this party at this person Haley's house and Haley has multiple Instagram stories and reels and whatnot about or maybe Snapchat I don't know uh there's this weird thing that they do at their house at these parties and Mia's like, hey, let's go. Jade's like, it's just, you know, Haley being an attention whore. Like, Haley just wants people to look at them, you know. And this is probably the most confusing the pronouns get, but, um, yeah. She's like, yeah, Haley just wants people to look at them, so, um, yeah, it's probably all fake. And Mia's like, well, we can always go and see, and that's really what I want to do. It's my mom's remembrance day. 
So she's like, okay, fine. And she was like, can Daniel come too? And Daniel is Jade's current boyfriend and Mia's ex-boyfriend from like three years ago, which is notably before her mom died, just so everyone knows. So Mia's like, yeah, of course Daniel can come, but only if he touches my Gucci, which is the funniest shit. Also super fucking awkward to say about your best friend's boyfriend who is your ex-boyfriend. Uh, the mom is so funny because Jade goes to talk to her and is like, hey, you going to bed? And she's like, you sneaking out? And she's like, what? No, I'm not sneaking out. And she's like, really? Because you only ever ask that when you're sneaking out. And she's like, mom, I never sneak out. <laughs> and she's like, are you sneaking out with Daniel? And she's like, mom, Daniel and I don't do anything. He's super Christian, like... And she's like, he still has a dick, Jade. And it's so funny. So, um, the other notable thing is that, um, Sue seems kind of hard on her kids, but she's really soft toward Mia. Um, and Mia is, like, kind of one of her own kids, um, which I think is super sweet. Um, but anyway, (laughs) even though she knows shit's up, she's like, you know, be careful, blah, blah, blah. Don't do anything stupid. So as they're leaving the house that night, Riley's standing outside too, and Jade's like, absolutely not. You're not coming with us. And Riley's like, well, I'll tell mom. And she's like, well, mom basically knows anyway. And he's like, oh, about you not picking me up? And it was like, ooh, get wrecked. So he has to go to the party. And as soon as they walk into the party, Jade is welcome. Riley is not, and Mia is super not. Haley is not happy uh, with Riley being there and definitely, especially unhappy about Mia being there. And when Daniel arrives, Mia and Riley, Mia and Riley kind of stick with him and Haley kind of pulls Jade aside to tell Jade how displeased Haley is with their presence. Um, and she gets, Haley gets kind of mean. Um, like Haley's basically like, Mia's so depressing, like, and Jade's like, she, she hasn't done anything to you. And she's like, she's just lame kind of a deal. Um, which, yeah, she's kind of fucking depressing. Her mom died. Like, leave her alone, bro. But anyway, um, they get the party going with The Hand. And uh, this is The Hand in the commercials, you know, the talk to me hand. So they bust it out. And Joss is like, I'll go first. And Haley's like, you always go first. And he's like, it's my house. And Haley's like, it's my hand. And they go back and forth a little bit. And then Mia's like, hey, I'll do it. Um, and they're like, oh, you, you, you want to do it? She's like, yeah, I, I, I'll do it. I'll go for it. And they're like, yeah, okay, okay. She'll, she's going to do it. So um, they have her sit down in this chair. And they strap her into the chair with, like, a belt. Um, and this, by the way, earns her some points with both Haley and Joss. And Joss is the guy strapping her down with the belts, his house, all that stuff. So they explain the rules to her. They can't go longer than 90 seconds. And she's like, what happens after 90 seconds? And Haley says they'll want to stay. And then Joss whispers to her, if you die while they're in you, you're theirs forever. And they're like, that's creepy. And he's like, I'm just relaying the rules. You know, I'm just telling you what I was told. Um, so for something that is so time sensitive, um, this is the worst setting ever. Uh, I would not be trusting a bunch of drunk teenagers 
to keep me out of the shadow realm or whatever the fuck this is <laughs> like that mm, that's that just seems like a, a recipe for disaster because everyone is lit at this party <laughs> and i don't know why you would ever trust them but anyway mia does stupidly and so she grabs this hand they're like take the hand and touch it. So she touches the hand. She, like, puts her hand awkwardly on top of it. And they're like, no, 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 like, like grab it. So she, she grabs the hand. And it's notably left-handed hand. And Haley instructs her to say, you know, talk to me. So when she says talk to me, she sees this dead person in front of her and freaks out. And everybody else is laughing it off except Jade thinks she's fucking around. And so does Daniel and Riley are kind of, like, confused. Um, and she's, Mia's like, who was that? And Haley says, I don't know, man, it's different every time. So, um, after that, Jade's like, you know, stop fucking around, Mia. And Mia's like, no, I really saw someone. She's like, fine, I'll prove it. And they're like, yeah, that a girl, prove it. So Haley says, you did it wrong. You have to say, I let you in after you say, talk to me. So she does it again. She does it right this time, you know, talk to me, let you in. And then she gets possessed. And this is, again, one of the dumbest party things to do. How about we just fuck around and get possessed? Like, that- that's- what? Why do you think that's a good idea? (laughs) Um, yeah, this is why this movie is kind of classified as a fuck around and find out movie for me. Um, there are some movies that are just kind of like, you know, you get like slashers, you get cosmic horror. This is a, this is, yeah, it's like supernatural horror, but also it's a fuck around and find out movie. You know, you're fucking with something you don't understand. You're going to find out, bro. So she gets possessed and points at something and says they like you to Riley and says that he's behind him and, uh, he'll split you. And she just keeps repeating that. And it's a really good scene, really creepy. And so time limits getting up there and Haley's like, you know, Joss get it from her and Joss can't get the hand out of her hand. Haley has to jump in and help. Um, and it exceeds the time limit by a few seconds. We don't really know how long, but Haley says a little bit. Um, and Haley proves right here that Haley's not a complete ass. Like Haley seems genuinely concerned, uh, for Mia and it's genuinely concerned when they, they get up to 90, like, 83 seconds is when Haley's like, all right, you know, get the hand. Like, get ready to cut it. Um, but Mia's like, no, that was fucking awesome. So so that night when they're home, Riley goes tries to sleep in Jade's room with Jade. And Jade's like, no, you're not fucking nine. Get the fuck out of here. So then he goes and finds Mia. And Mia lets him in the bed with her. And it's not weird or anything. It's very sibling-like. Um, and they're talking, and Riley asks her what the hand felt like, and Mia said, it's amazing. You can see and feel everything, but you're in the passenger seat, you know? So, like, there's kind of a motivation to keep fucking around with this hand. It's not just for the entertainment of everyone else to see you get possessed, but it's actually, like, you know, there is a good feeling that comes with it. So... Riley's like, how did your mom die? And she's like, well, you know. And he's like, no, I know kind of like bits and pieces. And she says, well, you know, my mom took too many sleeping pills and dad was sleeping on the couch. So he didn't hear her. And she 
the next morning he couldn't get her attention so the door and the door was locked so he had to bust down the door and apparently there were claw marks on the inside of the door and she had been trying to claw her way out so she, Mia's kind of like you know she took too many pills realized she fucked up and tried to get help but couldn't and in Mia's mind it's very clearly an accident and Riley says, like, well, everyone says that she kind of offed herself, and uh, Mia's, like, kind of rejects that, you know. And they also talk about, uh, like, Mia's like, oh, are you going to have nightmares from the hand thing? And Riley's like, no, I don't get nightmares. And Mia's like, I do. I have one reoccurring nightmare where I'm looking at a mirror, but I can't see myself. I'm not there. Which is important for later. Tuck that away. Um, and I think, too, you get, just get some, like, big family th themes throughout this movie. Like, what is family? Family dynamics. Family love. Sibling love. Um, I think that's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a secondary sort of underlying theme in this movie. Um, the next day at school, Jade approaches Haley, um, apparently because Daniel wants to try the hand. So Jade's like, you know, my mom leaves at nine. Haley says, I'll be there at 10. I've got a party at 11. So um, that night, D Daniel shows up to uh, the house and Sue is so fucking funny. She's so funny. This part kills me. So he shows up and Sue's like, uh, oh, are you here for the party? And he's like, what party? And she's like, the party. She's like, I bet you have alcohol in your car. And he's like, I, no, I'm Christian. I don't, I don't drink. And so she's, she's like, she goes up and talks to Jade. She's like, you having a party? And Jade's like, no, we're not having a party. I'm having like two friends over. And then she goes and tries to get information from Riley. And she's like, what time's the party? When's everybody coming over? And Riley's like, what party? What are you talking about? And she's like, no, it's fine. Jade told me. What time's the party? And he's like, I don't think there's any party, mom. And she's like, if you drink. I'm gonna punch you right in the face. And James, his best friend, is sitting on the edge of the bed, too. And she's like, James? And he's like, oh, if there's a party, I'm definitely drinking <laughs> And then she just kind of leaves because either the dog farts or James farts. And she's like, crack a window and just leaves. So uh, that night, Joss and Haley show up and they set up and they get right to it, uh, basically. And... Mia's got questions like she's like so where did the hand come from and Joss is like oh I got it from a friend who got it from a friend you know uh, you know supposedly it's the hand of a psychic um, that they or a medium that they you know his arm got cut off and since he was so good at connecting with the dead they decided to you know embalm his hand they put it in this ceramic or this ceramic film and just kind of you know uh, kept the hand that way and they figured they could connect with the dead that way so that's his explanation and then Haley's like I heard it's the hand of a satanist and the other hand is just out there somewhere and they're like he's like fuck you and it's so funny too because like I don't know what exactly Joss and Haley's like relationship is but it's really clear that they're like a package deal and they're pretty tight and I just love the way they banter um, like you could tell they're actually good friends um, so Daniel goes first and it does not go well. Uh, apparently the spirit looks at Jade and tells Jade he hates it when you touch him. He gets soft when you touch him and then gets kind of weird and heavy breathing and starts touching his chest and everything. And 
doesn't touch any bad, you know, private areas, but it's kind of like the implication. And it's so funny, too, because when he says that to Jade, Haley leads over to Joss and goes, this spirit's a cunt. And it's so funny. It's like my favorite line in the movie. Uh, but Daniel's very embarrassed afterwards, especially since he accidentally made out with the dog when he fell over. Um, so he runs out of there. Um, and Mia's like, I want to go next. And Jade's like, after all that? And she's like, we'll just get your thought dog out of here and then, you know, I'll be fine. So then we get this montage of possessions and it's kind of fun. You know, everybody's having a good time. They're fucking around with the hand, doing inappropriate things with it. And like, Haley's using it to like, you know, smoke a cigarette. It's just like ridiculous. Um, and we get some possessed singing. Uh, it's just, it's a fun time, you know? Uh, which is kind of weird to say as someone who does not approve of fucking around and finding out with spiritual stuff. Uh, but it does look like a good time, I'll have to admit. Um, so after a while, though, Riley and James want to go, and Jade is like, absolutely not. Um, and Riley's like, what the heck, man? And Mia's like, you don't have to be a bitch about all things Riley. And Riley and Jade get into it, and Riley's like, I hate you, and Jade's like, I'm not a fan of you either, basically. And, uh, he says something about her being so busy trying to get Daniel's dick that, you know, she doesn't care about anybody else, so of course she's pissed. She storms out of the room. Daniel storms out after her, um, and then Riley kind of appeals to Mia, his other sister. And they had already had a talk, too. Like, when they're laying there, Mia says something about, you know, I don't like the feeling of being alone, and he's like, well, you're not alone. You have me and Jade and Mom now. You'll, you know, you're not alone. So he really does see Mia as his second sister, which is why he turns to her and is like, come on, Mia, please, you know, and Mia's like, maybe it's not such a good idea, and he's, you know, kind of giving her the, you know, so Mia's like, okay, well, only 50 seconds, so bet. Haley and Joss set it up, and Haley and Joss are like, I don't know, like, it's kind of cute the way Haley is like, it's okay, kid, you got this sort of a thing, they both kind of do that. And then when Riley does it, of course, the spirit shows up and they're like, it's okay. So he says, I let you in. And the spirit starts talking through him and Mia recognizes the nickname her mother used to say to her. Um, and so it's talking directly to Mia, the spirit. And Mia gets all excited, of course, because she's like, it's my mom. And she's like... Haley's like, well, you know, 50 seconds are up. And she's like, no, 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 please, just let it let it go. Like, I, you know, it's my mom. And you can tell Haley does not approve. Uh, but Haley kind of lets it go. So he gets possessed longer than what's normal. He gets possessed over the 90 seconds. So how long did they let it go on over 90 seconds? We don't really know. We don't get to know that. Uh, we just know that it's too long, and it becomes very apparent that it's too long because Riley starts slamming his head into the table. And I mean slamming his head into the table. Like, he's trying to crack that shit open like it's a fucking ache. And uh, he tries to take out his left eye and, like, crush it, but Mia stops him. And then the spirits throw the chair he's in away from everyone and over to a different table so he can continue cracking his skull. Before, though, he can, like, fully kill himself, 
Um, Jade walks back in, sees what's happening, and rushes over and puts her hand in between his forehead and the table. Um, so he slams his head down on her hand and probably breaks her hand. But it softens the blow for him, and then they finally... Everybody kind of converges on him at that point and gets the hand away from him. And, you know, things get really hectic from here. Police come, 911's called. Um, you know, Sue's alerted about the situation. No one's really sure what to tell the police because, like, how do you <laughs> how do you explain to the police? No, 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 it's, no, officer, it's the spirits that fucked him up. Like, we didn't do anything. We didn't give him any drugs. Kind of difficult to explain. Luckily, they have been recording every session, like everything that's happening. So, but even then, it, it's still like, what do we tell them? Um, so the police come and try and interview everyone. Mia has to go home for once, and Dad starts talking to Mia. Dad's name is Max. So Max is like, "Hey, what happened?" And Mia's like, "We didn't give him anything." And he's like, "Then what happened?" And she's like, "I don't really know." Um, and he's like, I wish you would just be honest with me. And she's like, oh, as if you're be been honest with me. I know there's something you haven't told me about mom. And you can tell that kind of hits home for him. And then she goes upstairs um, and decides that she's going to catch an Uber to the hospital to see how Riley is. And at the hospital, you know, Daniel kind of motions Jade out of Riley's room and Jade is is talking to Mia and is like, I really don't want to see you right now. No offense. And she's like, come on, Jade. And so she goes up to the window and sees how fucked up Riley is. And he's really fucked up. Like, the makeup, the people who do the effects for that did a really good job. Because he looks absolute, like, dog shit. Like, he just does not look good. And then Sue comes out of the room and she's pissed at Mia. Like, Mia's like, how is he? And she's like, really not good, Mia. Really not good. You know, because she thinks Mia gave him drugs. And Mia's like, I didn't, we didn't give him anything. Like, and so she's like, I wish you would just, you know, she, she's like, you know, fuck off, basically. I'm going to call the cops if I see you here again. And so that really hurts Mia. Mia walks away. And sees a guy in a hospital bed uh, in critical condition. He's on an intubator. And in that window, she sees the reflection of her mom's ghost. And it walks down the hallway. So she can't see it directly, but she can see the reflection. So she follows the about where the, she thinks the ghost went. And it goes into the men's bathroom because the door opens and shuts ghostly-like. She goes in there and has like a, a good fun moment. And she is freaking out afterwards. So she's shaking and Daniel goes to comfort her and ends up driving her home. And as they're driving home, he's like, my parents didn't get called because I'm 18. But like, you know, they think that I'm at my cousin's house, so I can't really go home tonight. And so she's like, well, you can just stay at mine. And he's like, I don't think that's a good idea because of Jade and everything. And she's like, listen, we're friends. Like, that's not illegal. So... She kind of convinces him to stay the night because she's definitely like, she's like, I don't want to be alone. And that's a big thing for Mia, clearly, is being alone, um, which I, I mean, it's, to me, it's crazy because, like, I'm an adult and everything like that. And I get that I have the adult perspective. And I, from a teenage perspective, I'd probably feel the same as Mia. Like, her dad doesn't connect well with her emotionally because dads are just dads and they don't connect well emotionally. So she probably feels really disconnected from him and doesn't feel like he's any help as far as feeling alone goes. Um, but she's not really alone. 
you know, she's really not. She just thinks she is. So, um, he's in her bedroom, and they kind of have a moment where they're, like, touching hands and talking about the past. Um, which, bad, ban- bad, bad Daniel. Back down. No. No. Bad, bad Daniel. So, to change the subject... Mia decides to go with the lighter topic of, hey, I saw my dead mom. Got to talk to my dead mom. And she was, he was like, I'm not sure that was your mom. And she's like, well, she, it was at first. And she's like, we can always check because she has the hand. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that shit ever again. Which, good choice, Daniel. Very good choice. Also, this is one of the reasons Mia's like the reverse of a final girl. Um, she's, this is like a terrible choice and no final girl in their right mind would make that choice. Final girls are like no secret parties, uh, no sneaking out, um, picking good friends, maybe, you know, and this is just, it's not, it's not Mia. It's not Mia's thing to be smart and make good decisions, apparently. And af- so they're sleeping kind of like flipped. So Daniel's head is at the foot of the bed. So she's sleeping with her head at the head of the bed. That way they're not, like, cuddled up, basically. And Mia's sitting there, and she's looking at videos of her and Jade and Riley. And then she goes over to a video of her mom, which is really cute and funny. Like, she's like, Mom, what do you want to say to the haters? And she's like, suck my ass. (laughs) It's so stupid. But clearly Mia is, like, a little obsessive over her lost mother. Um, And... I get it. Like, she's a teenager. Something that's emotionally impactful like that, you're gonna obsess over it some. I know I'm certainly guilty of that when I lost people in my life. Uh, you know, I didn't go out and do seances and get people nearly killed, but, you know, um, I didn't handle it very well either. Loss is just, like, a, a really confusing, painful thing, and especially when you're a teenager, like, you're already dealing with a bunch of confusing, painful things, so to throw that on it. Especially, you know, your parents are supposed to be people that you can rely on. Not everybody can, but they're supposed to be people that you can kind of rely on to guide you. And so clearly she thought she had a really good relationship with her mom. She loved her mom a lot. So losing her mom, I get it. It's, you know, it's very painful. Um, but she, I think one of her big issues is she doesn't really open up about, um, any of this. She could probably use some therapy. Um, But she clearly isn't going to therapy. So then she has this really confusing nightmare where it's kind of like half wet dream, half nightmare. Um, And when she wakes up, and it's not like really inappropriate. She's just kissing Daniel and cuddling him. Uh, And then also watching her dad drag her mom's dead body out of the bedroom. So like, that's why it's a confusing nightmare. Um, So she wakes up because that spooked her. And there's a spooky spirit. Uh, in the corner, and apparently uh, this this spooky lady has a thing for toes and starts uh, su- sucking on down on Daniel's toes while he's asleep. And Mia's like yelling at him to wake up. And finally, when he does, he looks down and it's Mia sucking his toes. <gasps> Possession, or is she just weird? Daniel doesn't know, so he's like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Uh, which, valid. I, I would also dip. <laughs> Mia is distressed now, though, because she is alone. 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 She starts, like, slapping herself, and I think it's to get a hold of herself. Uh, I think maybe she knows it's a really bad idea, but she does it anyway. She grabs the candle, 
uh, and the hand, and she lights the candle, which I'm very impressed with this candle. It's the same candle throughout the movie, it looks like, um, and it's just fucking limitless. Like, it doesn't ever melt, uh, the wick doesn't burn up, it's the fucking apocalypse candle. You need that shit in your life for when everything goes down, man. But, uh, Mia grabs the hand and says, Mom, talk to me. Um, and the mom does, supposedly. She's like, you know, Mom, did you kill yourself? And she's like, no, not on purpose. Um, I would never want to leave you. And then she's like, Riley's in danger. And then we cut to the hospital. And at the hospital, Sue and Jade are cleaning Riley because he's kind of catatonic. Uh, Sue gets a call from the kid's father and leaves Jade with Riley. Uh, so, you, and you don't really get much about their dad, except that he is alive. That's pretty much the only line you get about their dad. Um, so Jade is, like, cleaning Riley, and he's like, Riley, just say something, and he kind of, like, looks at her and wakes up a bit, and then just goes absolutely ape shit. He bites her, so she flings him onto the floor on accident, and then he just starts slamming the back of his head into the tile in the bathroom, and then it's, the blood is, like, pouring out and everything, and it's being rinsed on the shower, and he starts licking at it. It's so nasty. Just gross. And then, of course, you know, in walks mom, and she gets a nurse, and they stop him. Uh, and then the next day, the teens are having a powwow to talk about the situation, um, and Mia's like, how is he? Jade's like, every time Riley is conscious, he tries to uninstall himself from the software of life. Um, and Mia admits that she's been seeing stuff. Um, and then we talk about Daniel's toe sucking, which H Haley is like, what do you mean sucking your toes? <laughs> and Jade is like, what do you mean you were sleeping in her room? Uh, so not a good situation for Daniel. Um, but Mia's like, no, it wasn't me, it was a spirit. And he's like, I just know she was on my toes. And Joss tells them about Duckett and how Duckett was seeing things without the hand. And that's why he kind of gave it to Joss. And then he admits to them, like, you know, Duckett stabbed his brother and then offed himself. Um, and so Mia's like, well, can we talk to his brother? So they managed to track him down, which they track him down at a bus stop. So I'm very confused how they managed to do that. But Cole clearly wants nothing to do with Haley and Joss. It seems like he blames them for his brother's death. Like he's like good friends would have known that he was fucking himself up with this and would have told him to stop. But you guys weren't real friends. You didn't give a shit about that. You just wanted a party with him. Um, and he, he wants nothing to do with them. So he gets on the bus and everybody kind of follows him onto the bus because Mia jumps in and then everybody else does. And they kind of tell him about Riley. Um, and he's like, well, the spirits weaken the longer they're here. So you just need to kind of like wait it out. But they fear Riley's going to kill himself before then. Uh, and Cole doesn't really have a good answer for them. Like he looks at Joss and is like, hey, maybe you should stop fucking people's lives up. How's that? So Jade gets off. She's upset. And we're at kind of like another, like a subway station, I guess. And Jade yells at Mia and she's like, I wish you had not forced yourself into my family. Which, of course, hurts Mia. You can see that. But Mia collects herself and is like, did we blow out the candle? Um, and they're like, no, nah, I don't really, I don't really know. 
Um, and she also tries to, like, she also tries to share the blame a little bit here. Like, me is like, we all decided, and Haley's like, no, we didn't decide anything. You decided. We just went along with it, which, sorry, Haley, that still means that you're guilty. <laughs> Hate to tell you that, bro. But Mia suggests that maybe they didn't close the door, aka blow out the candle, and that they should take the hand of the hospital so they can do that. They could open the door and close it. And everybody's like, this is a horrible idea. And she's like, we have to try something. So Haley and Joss give up the hand to her. And she's like, you'll get it back when we're done. And Haley's like, just burn the fucking thing. I don't want it back. And then Joss and Haley exit the movie. Um, so they go to the hospital, Mia, Daniel, and Jade. And they put the hand in Riley's hand. They say, talk to him. They blow out the candle. They do this twice. Does it work? We don't really know. So Mia decides, hey, maybe I can talk to him with the hand. And they're like, he's not dead. And she's like, but what if his spirit is in the limbo space? And that's why he's not waking up. It's worth a shot. And they're like, it's really not. This is a horrible idea. My, my, Mia grabs the hand and is like, talk to me. And sees a little girl. And she asks the little girl if there's a, a boy in the bed. And she's like, no. And she's like, well, where is he? And she's like, I can take you to him. So the little girl ghost says, I let you in. And Mia can see that there's a bunch of spirits, like, grabbing on Riley and pulling on him and tearing at him. And it's fucked up. And it's awesome. And it's a really, really sick visual. Uh, and that's when we get the line from the first trailer about they're not going to stop. Because um, she, she freaks out and is like, they're hurting him and they're not going to stop. So Mia goes home and Max catches her before she goes to his her room and is like, you know, I haven't been honest with you. I've been keeping something from you, um, which isn't fair of me, but I didn't want you to blame yourself. Um, and it's, of course, mom's suicide note. So once he reads it to her, Nia's like, nope, nope, that can't be her. She didn't do it on purpose because she told me. I know she didn't because she told me. And he gets up and, like, hugs her and they are having a really good moment. But then the, the evil mom spirit talks to her. And is like, that's a lie. I didn't do it. So Mia kind of gets away from him and goes upstairs. Um, and the ghost mom is like, Max is not Max. That's not your dad. Uh, he's going to hurt you. Um, she's like, you need to save Riley. And Mia's like, how? And she's like, you need, to, you need to put him out of his misery. He's suffering. If you give him to me, I can protect him. I can take care of him. Uh, and at that time, Mia's like, absolutely not. And she's like, yes, that's the only way. And then the door gets busted in from Mia's point of view. She gets attacked by a spirit that looks like Max, but it isn't. And the door does not get busted down. Uh, it's still closed and locked. And we know that because we see as this Max, fake Max spirit is attacking her, the real Max hears the commotion from downstairs and rushes upstairs to help his daughter busts down the door and then goes to lean over her and as he's leaning over her uh she's struggling on the floor she grabs a pair of scissors and just just digs that thing into his neck like just full-on stabs him right in the neck and uh just start she he starts gushing blood and so mia calls jade and says hey i figured out how to help riley and Jade's like, well, I think he's doing better. He actually was, like, himself when he woke up last time. Um, so I think it did work. And she's like, no, no, no. This is the way to help him. I have to show you. And she's like, show me what. And she's like, you just have to be here. Come to mine. And Jade's like, okay, fine. 
Um, so Jade goes out to Mia's house. Mia comes to the hospital and Sue finds Mia sitting next to Riley's bed and she gets up to leave and Sue's like, no, 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 like, I was wrong. You know, I shouldn't have been mad at you. They didn't find drugs in his system. It wasn't you. He was just having a breakdown and I couldn't come to terms with that. I shouldn't have been angry at you. Like, I had no right to be. To Riley, you're not a friend. You're his family. And it means a lot to him that you're here. So Mia asks for a moment alone with Riley. And Sue's like, yeah, sure. Um, and Mia takes out the scissors. There's like a spirit in Riley that's mocking her. And she goes to stab him but can't do it. Um, but then she sees the highway. And she sees the ghost of a bloody kangaroo. And she gets an idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's 100%. So... Jade goes into Mia's house because Mia's not answering. She's like, what the fuck? I'm sick of sitting here. Goes in there, finds Max, calls Sue, and she's like, I need an ambulance at Mia's. We need to find her. She's injured. And Sue's like, no, Mia's here. And Jade connects the dots right away. She's like, mom, she's dangerous. So Sue goes full mom mode and runs to Riley's room. But it's empty. And it's so funny because she grabs a, a nurse and immediately and is like, where's my son? And she's like, I don't know. He was just here. And she's like, well, where the fuck is he? Like, this kid cannot even bathe himself on his own, let alone walk around. Like, the fuck is wrong with these people? So, as that happens, Jade parks her car and is about to go into the hospital, but she happens to see Mia pushing Riley in a wheelchair toward the highway. And, of course, starts calling out to them, and Mia just doesn't listen. Uh, Mia wheels him right up to the side of the highway, and it's kind of, like, on a ledge. Um, so, she's there may be, like four feet off ground level from the highway and the rushing cars and her mom she can hear her mom saying you know i'm so proud of you this is the right thing um give riley to me we'll have him forever and this is kind of where things get really ambiguous so there's a car crash and we see that mia is on the road she gets up and sees jade holding riley on the roadside and the wheelchair is on its side so the wheelchair and Riley were not ever shoved into the road. Like, it's just not possible for him to have survived, for Jade to have caught him, anything like that. But that kind of leaves the question then, did she jump or was she pushed by Jade? Um, the internet says it was a self-sacrifice, um, that Mia came to her senses right at the last second and threw herself down in there, um, but we don't really know. Um, I had assumed immediately that Jade made it in time and just pushed Mia into the road to save her brother, um, because we've seen her sisterly instincts kick in and they're good, um, but we don't really know. Uh, all we know is clearly Mia is dead. Um, she sees Riley being wheeled through the hospital, sees Riley getting better, she sees her dad, but he can't hear her. She tries to reach him, but then she sees Jade, Sue, and Riley leaving the hospital, um, she chases after her dad again, but all the lights start to go out and he gets on an elevator and it's not that he's ignoring her. He clearly cannot see or hear her. And then all the lights go out and Mia is in the dark. And then we hear a match light up and it illuminates the dark. And Mia is drawn to the light, of course, because she's alone in the dark and she doesn't want to be alone. She also sees herself in a mirror, by the way, uh, and is not there. So that's where that comes in. Um, so she's drawn to the light, she sees a left hand, sits down and grabs it, and she can see people now. 
and they're talking in like a different language but she understands when they say i let you in and the movie ends which is super fucking cool i love the ending not a great ending like uplifting but just kind of nice because it kind of ties everything together so the movie kind of is ambiguous about certain things so like when does mia get fucked up like when do the spirits start taking over her mind and i you know i think it's the first time that she plays with the hand because they let it go just a few seconds longer or whatever um but she still it went on longer right so the spirits had a very minimal hold on her and knew that they only had so much time to kind of dig deeper um and she let them very easily i mean like i said this movie is a lot about like loneliness and found family and you know the feeling of not feeling alone so she's a very vulnerable per- vulnerable person excuse me uh, just being a teenager and then on top of that she's vulnerable because she's experiencing this loss and feeling this loneliness just kind of eating away at her um so she so they're able to there's a throwaway line and it's not really a throwaway line that they can imitate people so i think clearly what happened is went on too long there they saw an opportunity in Riley when Riley did this, um, and they these spirits jumped on it because clearly they want more people in this purgatory. Um, why? I don't know. Uh, some people just want to watch the world burn. Misery loves company, whatever. You know, I don't think necessarily the spirits are evil because Mia, when she's looking for the light at the end, um, she's not she's not evil. She just wants some kind of release. And there there's, you know some of the spirits make certain comments about I want to feel something you know so um that's kind of their deal they I guess some of them do are malicious they do want uh company um and that's kind of like the loneliness she ends up chasing these ghosts instead of accepting her reality and moving forward with the family she has found um and I think that's kind of the moral of the story you can't really focus on the past. You have to accept it and then move on with your present and be grateful for what you have. Um, was she talking to her mom ever? I think not. Um, some people are like, maybe right when Riley is talking because there is a moment where she's, Riley says something and gets cut off. Um, and I think maybe this is the moment where something else takes over um it seems like her mom is about to say now i can go um but gets cut off and they say that these spirits are in purgatory they're restless they're looking for closure basically it's kind of like the general gist of spirits wandering the earth so maybe this talk with mia gave her mom's ghost closure i don't think so i think it was not her mom from the start um but that would be the only time where she was really talking to her mom. Um, and yeah, like I said, this movie is about, you know, chasing these ghosts instead of committing to the new family. She's, she literally destroys what she has chasing something that she had. And it wasn't even something real that she had. So she couldn't accept this new found family because she just was constantly chasing her mother's ghost. She wanted to believe these things about her mother, you know, she saw her mother as one thing and would not give up that image of her mother. And 
that's a very common thing with teenagers. Like, you reach a certain age as an adult where you realize your parents are just human beings and they have their own flaws and their own faults. And, you know, they fuck shit up too and they're fucked up too. They had to fight through their own childhoods and their own, you know, traumas and stuff like that. So you, you let go of that image of them as your hero to accept them as who they are, the human being. And that's when you start to have a good relationship with your parents, I think, as an adult. And especially if they do the same with you. Like, they realize, like, you know, I don't have to guide you anymore. You are just a human being now. And everybody on this planet is just, you know, we're, we're figuring it out. We're, we're flying by the seat of our pants. We're just, you know, making it up as we go. Um... So I think that's kind of when you get that relationship with your family and your parents. Um, But Mia is still very much a kid. I mean, she's still a teenager, so she doesn't want to let go of that image of her mom. And she doesn't want to think that her mom would leave her. She wants to believe that her mom loves her enough to stay. Um, Which I think is the biggest, probably, like, the biggest argument against suicide. Um... You know, I, you know, I've suffered from depression, PTSD, anxiety. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought about those things. But the thing that always stops me is how it would affect my friends and my family. And a lot of people think, oh, it really wouldn't be that bad. But, you know, I've had experiences where people my age die. uh, And, like, there was a kid that I hadn't talked to in years. And he died. He didn't kill himself, but he died. And I cried when I found out. Uh, And over, like, 2,000 people showed up at his funeral. Um, So, like, it it was a big deal to the community. And, you know, it's so weird to think about. He probably... We hadn't talked in, like, a decade or something stupid like that. So, like, it's not like he would have thought I would be at his funeral, but I was. Um, And it really impacted me, and it really helped me see how important life is when he died. So, um, I, in, in that sense, you know, I was kind of lucky, um, or else I might not have had the gumption to keep living. Um, and that's, even as an adult, you know, I'd be lying again if I said that I didn't have those thoughts as adults, as an adult, um, but I have, even in recent years, which is when I figured out my medication wasn't working and I should probably try something else. Uh, but yeah, I mean, suicide doesn't just affect you it's not really an answer it's a death sentence it's what it is uh it's a period it's the end for you but everyone else keeps living and keeps having to deal with that pain and so re which is mia's mom is clearly just she like she talks about being hopeless and then being full of hope you know i hope you find happiness i hope you you know, live well beyond your years, stuff like that, and I hope you can forgive me. But the thing is, like, and so this is another issue that people don't really talk about, is, like, you have to fight to be happy. You have to fight for your own happiness. You have to look for the good things in your life and be grateful for them. Um, And it is a struggle. Um, Like I said, I have to take medication to help me with mine. Um, And I think some people, that's a good answer for them. Um, But yeah, um, it's really, this movie kind of just illuminated those things, which I've been thinking about a lot recently because of other stuff going on. But, um, yeah, this movie was very interesting 
and this movie highlighted certain things. Like, I really like the found family aspect, the concept of loneliness, and what is being alone. Um, and then, of course, like, this, this stuck-on-the-past mindset that our character has that ultimately ends her. Um, and like I said, Mia's the exact opposite of a final girl. She, she, she makes all of the wrong choices, all of the choices like Sydney Prescott and Laurie Strode and, you know, Ripley, all those people would not have made. She, you know, she makes the exact opposite choices of them. She, the movie's about her. She makes it to the end, but her end is the end. And like, she's not a final girl. She's not final girl material. If any girl in this movie is, it's Jade. Uh, but Mia is the exact opposite of final girl material, which I thought was kind of fun to have a movie about someone who is not a final girl. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. It's dark. It doesn't end on a high note, but, um, the, the ending I think is very, it gives you some closure. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting, this, uh, conduit that they use. And it, it the movie has its own rules too, um, for seances and whatever, spirits and all that. So that's interesting. I did like that. Um, let me know what you thought about the movie, if you liked it, if you disliked it. Um, I have a friend who says Australian movies are bad, but this one was really good. This one was really good. Really enjoyed this one. So, um, yeah, let me know how you felt about that one. Um, other things that are happening. Sorry, I'm trying to think. Uh, be doing a stream with sophomore John soon uh, in August too about uh, Blair Witch. So we'll be doing a podcast on the Blair Witch movie, and then we will be playing the Blair Witch game. By we, I mean John will be playing it, and I will be commentating, and we'll be streaming it live. So uh, I'll leave links for that in description below. There's also previous streams that I've done with John. So if you want to check those out, I'll leave, of course, I'm going to have John's channel linked below. I also just did a stream on Lake Mungo, which I feel like really helped uh, me understand the Australian culture of this movie uh, with my buddy Oi Kegs. So check that out on my Rumble as well. That was a live stream that we did, and it's exclusively on Rumble, so you'll have to look in the description and the link. Check that out. He's really cool. Check him out. Uh, check John out. Uh, I'll be doing a stream with Geek, uh, basically talking about my human trafficking experience. Um, so uh, go follow Geek, spelled G-E-Y-C-K. I'll put his link in the description below as well. Um, so follow. More news on that as it comes out. Um, but yeah, and hopefully I'll be doing a, a podcast episode with sophomore John soon. Um, so hopefully more podcasts come out more frequently and I'll have better updates with more, um, more set t dates and times for you guys. Um, uh, but thank you for listening. Uh, hope you guys are having a good one. Uh, beware the moon and just in general, don't do seances. Don't do it.